Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Barbell Medicine YouTube channel or our iTunes channel for your listening to the Silky Smooth Podcast. We have a special guest tonight. Alan Thrall decided to grace us with his presence. We're going to talk about strongman training uh, for strongman competitors and also perhaps implementing strongman training for non-strongman competitors. We're also joined with Dr. Austin Baraki. What's going on, guys? Not much. Happy to be here. Where, where are we right now? We're in Philadelphia-ish territory. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're at Colmar, Pennsylvania. We're here at the Barbell Medicine Seminar, uh, just outside of Philadelphia on a cool evening here in November. Uh, so let's let's get into this. Uh, Alan, can you take us through what Strongman is from a competitive standpoint for people who are unfamiliar with this? I think everybody's probably seen some of the stuff on like World's Strongest Man that's been on ESPN and stuff like that. But uh, it, how would you describe Strongman training and a Strongman competition to somebody who's never seen it at all. <clears throat> strongman events usually typically have four to five uh, actual events. A strongman competition, four to five events. There's usually a press, log, axle, circus dumbbell, or something else. There's a carrying event like a yoke or farmer sandals, sandbag, keg. Um, there might be a deadlift event like a you know 15 inch or 18 inch deadlift, an axle bar deadlift, or a car deadlift. Uh, and there's usually a loading event like an, ax, uh, an atlas stone or a sandbag load, um, sometimes some sort of grip event. Uh, but those are kind of the four or five things. Load, press, carry, deadlift, and maybe a medley. So in a strongman competition, there's going to be somewhere like four to six different events, usually encompassing what you just talked about, plus or minus a medley. Uh, how many times would you say you've seen a barbell in a strongman competition? like a standard Olympic barbell? The Personally, I've done one competition with a standard Olympic barbell because I was in the novice class and that has to be lighter than everything else. Uh, and so for that reason, everyone else was able to use the implements. Novice was lighter than what the implement was. So we just did a barbell, uh, but it's kind of rarely. It was just a touch and go deadlift for max reps in 60 seconds. What's, what the, that what's the rest of your experience? Or tell us a little bit about your experience in, in Strongman and kind of what interested you in it. Yeah, uh, I started doing Strongman while I was in the Marine Corps. Um, a friend of mine had made an Atlas stone and uh, he had a tractor tire. Um, so we would train with that. The gym was often closed uh, while I was in the military. And so we were kind of left to go run, go do pull-ups and push-ups. Uh, but we would train with this this Atlas stone that he made in his tractor tire. Um, and then we actually heard about a local competition and, and went from there. Um, I started doing strongman uh, before powerlifting. And when I did strongman, I didn't even know what powerlifting was. So that was what I did initially. Well, so what was the draw though, right? So, I mean, I, I know before I ever even touched a weight formally, like I watched World's Strongest Man and, I, you know, 
all those guys, I was like, wow, these guys, it not even, they're cartoonish, right? So it, it wasn't even something like, I want to do that. It's like, there's no way that I could ever do that. <laughs> I don't see anybody with the last name of Bomb or Wits or like Steen. They was like up there. So this is not accessible to me. But I mean, you, you got this mold or you had a stone that was made from a mold and a tire. And you're like, yeah, we'll screw around with this. You know, like what? What do you think motivated you to do that? Was it your friend who was like, yeah, this would be cool because it's going to be good for you? Or was it like, I don't know, we're young, got extra time. Let's like lift this thing. Yeah, all the above. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was uh, uh, a lot of it was I've seen that stuff on World's Strongest Man. And, and like you said, it was kind of untouchable. Sure. Uh, but to say like, oh, this is a 240 pound Alice Stone. I think I could lift this. Uh, yeah. So just to imitate that was fun. See, so yeah, so the opposite thing like if i see that i'm like ah, i can't lift that there's no way <laughs> but you took that and you kind of developed almost like i know that untamed strength is heavily strongman influenced there's yeah. a big strongman culture there and things like that so you have i mean you have a lot of folks who are into that at your gym as well um it seems like at least from the videos you make and things like that yeah the gym was was not initially but after the first maybe year strongman was the only thing that was getting people to continue coming to mm -hmm. the gym it was a crap powerlifting gym it wasn't even a good strength training gym really so i just started running with strongman yeah um and uh advertised it as strongman for a couple <laughs> years yeah but, but you know at the same time so that was before i mean what year was that i opened the gym in 2013 2013 yeah so already there was probably you know some sort of momentum coming from crossfit like you know and they're like oh we have a yoke and like people are like a yoke that's so crazy and you're like yeah dude we have like 10 of them so it's fine just like yeah. do this um yeah, it's interesting. I mean, our Austin and I trained at this place called Brute Strength Gym in Virginia, which is like heavily strongman. And uh, I have literally never done anything strongman related other than like moved somebody's yoke because they left it out or like the same thing with the farmer's walk handles, like had to you know yeah. move them. I think they tried to goat me into like a car deadlift knowing that I was a good puller, but it is completely different. Like they're not the same thing. I think it was only like, 500 something pounds effective weight on the, you know, at the, but I, I could do it for like one and it was terrible. I don't know how to hitch. I don't know how to like <laughs> contort my, in the, it'd be hard to make yourself hitch. You yeah, now, to at this yeah point. exactly. <laughs> which, which brings us to our next kind of point. So if you have, let's say you have somebody who has been just training, um, with rake, squat bench, deadlift press, barbell training, right. And most from most of their training and they're like, Hey man, I want to do a strongman com competition. Like, where do you go from there? What are your like initial steps? And then how do you, how do you go? So context is super important. Uh, if the, I mean, if it's a big, strong power lifter who doesn't move well and has poor work capacity, it's going to be a little bit different than if you have someone who's fit, uh, well-conditioned and is really weak. Sure. Um, and then knowing the events, whether or not they're actually going to do a competition sure. is going to play an impact in that. What kind of access, what kind of equipment do they have access to? All that's going to kind of impact where to go from there, um, but I guess to give you a couple, you know, more points, um, the program is going to be heavily based on deadlift strength and pressing strength. Um, the squat and the bench are both going to be used kind of as assistance movements to build those two up. Um, whenever I program for uh, a strongman, it's usually a lot of like plug and play. There's a lot of slots to where like, hey, you're going to squat twice a week. I don't care if it's low bar, high bar, or SSB. Um, you know, for pressing movements, we're going to have a couple with the implements. Uh, one of the days might be a push press and a jerk. Yeah. So it's actually practicing the skill that you're going to use. Uh, because you assume that one of the events is going to be related to push press or push jerk strength. If yeah. 
if you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you found out the event was strict press, Tom Campitelli decided to put on a strongman meet, and one of the events was like old timey, clean and press, strict press, you would probably do more strict pressing than a standard strongman competition, only because you know through your own experience and that most competitions have. Even if it's a circus dumbbell, it's going to be a push press. If it's a Viking, it's all push press or jerk related. Is that yeah. fair to yep. say? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you were saying then you would do that and then you would have them be pulling a lot. How many times are you having people do some sort of deadlift per week? Again, if it was working with a specific person and they were like, I'm only deadlifting once a week, that's going to be different than someone who's like, I just, you know, finished a powerlift to me. I've been deadlifting two or three times a week. Sure. Um, but I mean, initially I had a problem starting off with twice a week. One of the days might be a Romanian deadlift um, and then moving on probably twice a week to where one of the days would be more of a competition. If I knew the events, yeah. I might have them do, um, you know, a 15 inch pull or an if axle you, deadlift. You know what it is. Yeah. And that would be kind of their mm-hmm. comp deadlift day. The secondary day might be stiff leg, snatch grip, deficit, some sort of deadlift variation. Um, so all of this like comp squat, comp deadlift, comp bench just gets like pulled out and something else gets put in. Um, so. If you don't know, if you don't know what the events are going to be, do you ever rotate some of the possibilities into those slots to expose people? Like for example, you have somebody do like a car deadlift for their comp deadlift for a period of time. Even if you don't know, it's going to show up in the meet. Yeah. I'll give them options. And then usually, you know, not everyone has access to a strongman gym with all the equipment. So they might say, I've got a log, I've got some sandbags. I made some stones and I have one tractor tire. So that's going to like, I'm going to tell them what to do based off that. Um, So, yeah, you know, it's interesting talking about this because if if I had somebody come and say, hey, I want to do strongman and that's it. (laughs) And I said, hey, do you have a meet coming up? No, I just want to train strongman. Uh, Do you have any access to any like specific implements? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, well, what you're saying is you need to develop strength in a lot of different motor patterns, a lot of different exercises. And we know that if at some point you want to go and do strongman, that the most heavily tested things are going to be like a push press or jerk and some sort of deadlift. Right. But it's still important to be, to have a strong squat because that might pop up or some, you know, something related to leg strength and the squat will generally carry over. So, but that person, I probably wouldn't have them do the same exercise twice in a week. Meaning like for a power lifter, they may do a the regular bench press two, three, four times in a week with minimal variation. Whereas this person, I might have them push press with a barbell. I might have them push press with dumbbells or some other sort of implement if they can get have access to it. I might have them deadlift on a straight bar one day, trap bar deadlift on another day if they have access to it. High bar squat, front squat, low bar, just to because again, their performance in any one style of a lift is unimportant until you know the test which speaks to the specificity thing not only not only that but we uh, a topic that's that's interesting to me is uh is the stress response and i lecture about that at our seminar with some stress neurobiology stuff this is and a plug so, you should go to a barbell medicine seminar we'll love to see you next year yeah. and we talk about all kinds of interesting things and predictive processing and things like that basically the idea being that your brain is kind of constantly taking in all this information from the world around you, predicting what's going to happen and, and kind of equipping you or, or outputting the necessary response to deal with it. And where I'm going with this is the fact that if you have been training in a very 
limited way in, in, insofar as your exercise variations or your modalities uh, that you use in training and you show up to a strongman competition yeah. and you get blindsided by all kinds of things you've not been exposed to before. You're very sensitive to that, yes, meaning sports. that you have a huge stress response to that and it could substantially impact your performance, just like it would in any other sport where you get surprised by something. And this is something I talk about with like my first time people I'm sending to a powerlifting meet for the first time. I'm like, something is going to go not the way you expected. It. It's going to surprise you. You're going to have to be able to, you know, uh, deal with it accordingly. And so by exposing uh, the trainee or the athlete to additional variation, all these different uh, things in training, you're almost desensitizing them to the possibility that they get surprised by something in the meat. It sounds like you're, you're preparing them from the unknown and unknowable. Well, that kind of, if you don't know the events, then isn't that kind of the case when you show up to a strongman competition? And yeah. who's going to win is the person who deals with that stress the best. Not even You don't even necessarily actually have to be the best at all those events. You just have to be the person who yeah. deals with them in the best way and, and can perform well enough to beat the other people who showed up on that day. Well, that's, I mean, the person who won the CrossFit Games could have averaged, I think it was like seven. Six or seven. Yeah. 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 And exactly. ended up winning. But, but I think we need to draw this important distinction because we're not saying you should just do everything with reckless abandon, sure. not to say that that is CrossFit, but, but rather if, if you're trying to plan your training out in a way where you have the most efficient rate of improvement, you're going to have to have structure to that. And it can't be do everything with all the variation all the time. You need to have that repeated bout effect. You need to re be re-exposed to certain things over and over and over again. Um, so here's an interesting question, Alan. So CrossFit, you know, blew up made strongman like all other barbell sports a little more relevant than it was prior what's been your take on how crossfit has affected strongman yeah i think that uh it seems like a lot of crossfit athletes just owning a strongman gym a lot of crossfit athletes will say or crossfit athletes but crossfit members to gyms will say yeah you know i was doing crossfit for a while i really liked the strongman part of it I'd like to come to this gym and focus a little more on strength, maybe compete in a strongman competition. Yeah. Um, so yeah, exposure is always good, especially when you own a strongman gym. That's the same thing with powerlifting and weightlifting, you know, like, Hey, I like lifting weights slow. Powerlifter. <laughs> hey, I like lifting weights fast. <laughs> Olympic lifter. Well, plus, plus the equipment is now way more accessible than ever, you know, like yeah. Slater before you had to, you know, send them a money order and like a letter, like, please send me your molds. <laughs> and now, you know, rogue carries them. You can get them overnighted too, you know, yeah. or like you can get, a yoke or you can get farmers care. Like it's no, you don't have to know a welder or machinist to like get your equipment made. I mean, brute, they bought Fingal fingers. Like they bought Fingal fingers. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say it again. They bought Fingal fingers. <laughs> now nobody used them, you know, cause it's such a pain in the butt, but it was funny. Like they just were delivered. Yeah. It's not like you had somebody make them. Um, that's interesting. Now let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, programming for a strong man, competitor you were talking just generally let's let's say that we have the events figured out let's get into the nuts and bolts of this how many days a week are you going to have a strongman competitor train let's say it's somebody like joey who's been doing strongman so joey satsmer he's just recently doing the barbell medicine crew we're at his gym this weekend he's been doing this for a long time how many days a week are you having him train um, and what did it, what do his days normally look like as far as like pure strength work versus conditioning work versus event testing? I mean, take us through it. Yeah. So Joey was training four days a week. Um, he would do a little bit of conditioning GPP kind of stuff on his own on the fifth day. Um, but he was training four days a week. He was deadlifting twice a week, 
with an actual uh, bar. Yeah. Uh, and then a third day a week would be like a stone load. Um, and he was pressing every day. Uh, he would get probably three times a week. He would actually use the implement, sure. which for uh, worlds was a log. Um, and then he was squatting twice a week and it was do whatever you want, high bar, low bar, SSB, here are the sets and reps. It's like leg um, strength development. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, as we got closer to the competition, this is why knowing the events can be helpful. He was doing a max stone load, not for worlds, but for uh, the previous competition. He was doing a max stone load for height. So I was actually programming stone load singles. So not like max reps in a minute. Yeah, because you knew that thing was how high can you load a stone. Right, one yeah. stone. And so he was doing like actual heavy stone singles. So he's not doing sets of five lo like loads. He was doing singles. Singles. Yeah, because the event was a single. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then other events were uh, AMRAP sets, like for the press. Um, and Be so Because that was a rep, like a time. Yeah, kind so of thing, 60 like seconds, as many reps as you can with a certain weight. Um, and a lot of times I would, I would actually have him work up to a single just to check his preparedness for the day. And I wanted him to use a certain, uh, percentage. Interesting. So work up to your single, use that percentage. And I would, uh, at first I would limit his time to where it wasn't 60 seconds as many as you can with, you know, 75%. It would be, you know, 20 seconds. Uh, and we would kind of increase that up. And I think like two weeks before he had done twice. Uh, you know, two or, or a 60 second AMRAP. Right. Before it was all 40 seconds, 30 seconds or 20 seconds. That's probably a smart way of, of doing it, not only from a training standpoint, but from a injury risk reduction standpoint, right. lo load management stuff, not yeah. blasting him with, you know, jumping right to the competition event yeah. early on and preparing him over time. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I was going to ask, like, do you think that that was because of a, you didn't want to put a bunch of stress on him because you thought that doing the full 60 seconds would be very, very fatiguing or because you felt like Joey's the kind of guy that you, you, he could really blow himself up, you know, like, uh, because effectively it's, it's a max effort. Yeah, yeah, it was both. Okay. Uh, Joey is uh, definitely like working with him. I quickly realized that uh, he's a, a, a strong dude and he's willing to beat himself up. Uh, uh, so he, he'll go, you know, really far with programming. So I didn't feel like I needed to, uh, put, you know, 60 seconds as many reps as you can. Uh, it was more so, so anyways, uh, it was kind of both to, to answer your question. Sure. Um, and I guess, you know, what I'm getting from you is that you are trying to make the training as specific as you can yet encompassing all the facets of a competition as best as you know it. Uh, would you ever have a strongman competitor run a 10K? No. <laughs> right. I mean, I wouldn't either, but, you know, maybe you would, you know, because then somebody on the internet is going to say, well, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't Milanoshev talk about how he would do like 10Ks every week or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Which one, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't believe necessarily, but then all, <laughs> but then also it's like, well, so what though? It doesn't mean anything. There, you know, but you do know that conditioning is important. So for his conditioning, like what would you do to bring that up? So again, a little bit of context. Joey was Joey was conditioning a ton in his program before I started working with him. Um, and his lifts were like really behind. Uh, and he even said that. Um, I should be squatting a lot more. I should be deadlifting a lot more. Where was he? How, what were his squat and deadlift numbers when you started with him? Where's and his all the squat He would not pull uh, over 500 because he had this back issue. Um, and he, 
on Halloween pulled 700. Uh, um, like like a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Pulled 700. Yeah. So 200-pound PR? Or? So I stopped working with him when he did. Yeah, he pulled 665 uh, when we stopped working. And, and he's still, you know, training, obviously. And he got 700 on Halloween. Uh, his squat, he, he squatted 635. Um, and his best was like 550. Um, so huge. Like, I like to sit back and take all the credit. But he, he is like he's a huge responder. And it's literally like, this is exactly what this person needs. Let's see if he can execute. And he did all of it. Um, and so, uh, so anyways, I don't even remember what the question was, but yeah, <laughs> Joey's a strong. Well, so for his conditioning. Oh, that's right. So he was extremely conditioned. Uh, and, and, and I pretty much told him, you're, if you're going to Worlds, uh, and especially with the events, because he knew what the events were, a bunch of max events, I was like, you, you don't need to worry about how fast you can run around for 90 seconds. You need to get way stronger. Yeah, it's not an event that's going to be tested, sure. Yeah, and so we didn't do a lot of conditioning. Um, So, yeah, for him. Well, because I I think that's what a lot of people, they find attractive about the strongman thing. So, I guess an outsider, again, you watch the people doing strongman, like, wow, they're super strong and they've got this sort of motor. You can see them do, you know, these medleys or whatever. And even though it's only a minute or two, whatever, that seems to be attractive and people are like oh it's great conditioning and if you use the google machine people will tell you that there are unique benefits to doing farmer's walks unique benefits to doing yoke carries or doing these medleys you know and that it'll boost your metabolism it'll increase your muscle like all these things right um do you ever program strongman work for people who are not strongman competitors yeah yeah it just for what's the what's the application usually for conditioning or GPP, uh, just to kind of like hide conditioning or GPP and say, uh, you know, we're going to do farmers, a sandbag carry down and back, keg carry down and back. Sure. You might do, I'll say, we're going to do four sets of 100 feet and I'll give them a time limit and say, let's go as heavy as you can, but you got to do it in 20 seconds, which is going to limit how much weight they can use. Um, and so a lot of clients that I have, um, I'll just, I'll put strongman in cause I know they need conditioning and for me, I don't want to sit and watch them on an assault bike for 15 minutes. Yeah, this is a person in 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 person training. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, for online clients, it's almost always rower or assault bike or some sort of treadmill, like incline power walk. Uh, but if they have Stroman equipment and they they're open to it, then I'll, I'll program that. Yeah. What about you, Austin? Do you do any strongman conditioning? I usually when I'm when I get the sense that somebody needs to develop some conditioning. I kind of give them a, I try to get a sense from them of what sort of things they may have interest in or what sort of things they may enjoy, mainly because that's going to be a huge factor in adherence because it's very easy for people to just not do it. Uh, and whereas we're very meticulously tracking, say, their their squat performance and their estimated 1RMs and things like that, we might not necessarily be tracking like absolute performance on their conditioning stuff if they're not you know primarily conditioning-focused athlete. So I'll ask them what they've done before, what their prior experience has been, if there's something they're interested in. And if they said they really love doing, uh, say, a sandbag kind of thing or a strongman type thing, then that's, you know, we can make we can make that work because the absolute modality uh, or the, the specific modality, I think, matters a little bit less in that situation for, for the ultimate outcome. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I would not say that I use it a ton, but I have no opposition to it if it's something that somebody would really enjoy and, and uh, would probably adhere to better than putting them on a, again, on a bike or a treadmill that they hate. Yeah. I'm going to agree and disagree with you at the same time. Uh, standard, as you, as usual. standard sort of thing. So I disagree that there, there are any unique benefits to strongman training 
uh, for conditioning purposes outside of compliance. I don't think I said that. No, no, I know, but I'm just saying as a general, as a general, sta- as a general state, the pop disagree would say that. Yeah, yeah. So when you so because the idea, so people will say no, it preserves muscle mass, muscle mass better than walking on a treadmill. No, we've actually this has been tested and and legitimately any sort of like your activities of daily life will preserve the lean body mass that you will retain during a, a calorie restricted situation provided your protein level is high enough that's the, those are the studies that have been done like we already know that so you don't need to do this extra thing right if you want to improve your strongman conditioning while you're losing weight guess what you should do yeah. strongman conditioning so uh it's not going to build additional muscle for you that you otherwise wouldn't build unless you're not training otherwise or you were detrained when you started correct exactly yeah. uh however it does exert a toll there is a non-zero amount of fatigue that is placed upon the individual from strongman that I think is unique compared to a ra- on a treadmill, air bike, or rower. And I think that that cost has to be layered into the, you know, it's that's in the calculus here, making the decision. And so if somebody has no compliance issues with their conditioning, then I'm pretty much op- very opposed to doing strongman conditioning because i think there are other ways to achieve all of those uh improve all improvements that you would see from strongman conditioning without that toll i think the cost that you see from it would be variable probably depending on the person's prior exposure to it oh that's what i said be with anything else right yeah, a similar kind of a repeated bad effect if that's I'm, what i'm saying it's like nobody somebody who's like i've never done a farmer's walk before. oh yeah if they've never done it then i'm not going to go out of my way to program it for sure but people say but it'll increase my grip strength i'm like yeah. no it won't. it's not heavy enough yeah. for you to do it for conditioning and it's not going to improve your deadlift grip strength more than deadlifting. Yeah. And it's going to fatigue your grip in a way that is not necessarily productive to getting your deadlift grip strength up such that you can't really train your grip during the deadlift, which is what you actually care about. And if you actually care about, for instance, your uh, anaerobic performance on, on sprinting, you only yoke, you know, sprints with the yoke, not going to help. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're, you know, everything is specific here, right? So... So I think that if you want to use it as a fun tool because you otherwise wouldn't do any conditioning and you need to do conditioning, like I'm 100% behind it, like rock on. Okay. But if you're just trying to put something in and you're trying to say, well, is the farmer's walk better than dragging a sled? Like, no, they're just different. One has more cost than the other and it may not be worth it to do that for you. Um, But I don't have any problem with strongman stuff if you... That's the only way you're going to do your conditioning. If I had a person who was like, I'm not going to sit on a rower. I'm not going to sit on an air bike, but I will flip this tire for 30 minutes because that's fun oh, for me. Yeah. Flip the tire. Yeah. But, but you just won't put it right before their deadlift day or something. Right. Like that. You know, <laughs> uh, but you know, if I have somebody who's like, I would do either. I'm like, well, I want to pick the one that's likely to achieve the main goal I'm trying to get via conditioning, which is improvement in conditioning at the lowest possible muscular fatigue that we could possibly impose upon you because we we think that strength training is important. And if you're working with us, you probably do too. Um, some people are gonna be like, yeah, well, I still like strongman. I'm like, that's cool, man. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, ask yourself why. It's like, I liken this argument to the power clean discussion. People are like, I just like power cleans, man. I'm like, oh, all right, do your power cleans, but they're not helping your deadlift. Yeah. 
Mm. And your deadlift is not necessarily helping your power clean either. It's just you're using training time for non-zero cost. And, uh, and then people are like, yeah, but I still like them. I'm like, cool. <laughs> cool, man. It's neat. Um, okay. Well, hey, Alan Thrall, thanks for joining us on this strongman discussion. What's the heaviest stone you think you could load to like chest height? I would be completely making with tacking, completely making this number up because just like Jordan, I have no experience with it. You could pull so think about it. It's a it is an extreme. Sorry if I'm ruining your whole no, outro. It is an extreme deficit deadlift. Like your knuckles are on the ground, right? So if you just think of it like that, right? And I gave you tacky, so you're stuck to the stone. You could you could pull 365 and. I would, I would trust your guess yeah. better than mine because I don't even know where to start. I mean, I was thinking, I was like, I can do anything with 225. Yeah. Well, that seems like very light. Well, I'm just saying I got a lot of hair too, though. So I feel like the tacky is actually- deadlift, 365 stone. Well, you would think I'd be able to clean 365 too. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, do you want to go down that rabbit hole right now? I mean, we can, but uh, nobody else wants that. I think that I could, without tacky, but with chalk. With tacky. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Give yourself all everything. With Wait, can I just wear like the sleeves? You know, the like, you like in there. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think the people from Brute would just laughing at us. They'd be like, "Look at these guys. They think they're so strong with a barbell. Now look at them." Well, because that's the thing. It's like it's functional strength. Whatever that means. Well, it's functional in a narrow set of predetermined arbitrary rules that make up the sport. It's functional if on a daily basis you have to lift 300 pound stones. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but but what if it was like the caber? Like, well, it's different. You know? That's what I'm getting at is that the the function like is only, it only carries over to those events just like lifting weights. You know, people tell Austin, oh, you're going to be a great fighter. You'd be a great fighter. You know, because you're so strong. And Austin's like, yeah, dude, if I could like hip drive my way out of the fight. So, yeah, but you know, it's functional strength. It's like, here's how to get better at a series of you know, very complex tasks, like regularly expose yourself to like complex tasks across different movement patterns so that your motor learning ability improves. Yeah, I mean, I think that, again, we've, we've, uh, discussed this topic of specificity before and, and talked about the topic of the topics that are discussed in that strength this specific book and at the low low price of two dollars and 99 cents right. you too can read the strength of specific book yeah. the worst marketing that's ever been done <laughs> <laughs> the worst. yeah but you know when when you understand that stuff and you view sports uh performance really things make a lot more sense than under some of our previous paradigms that we've operated well, that everything's general and carries over to everything yeah. Yeah, pass. Okay, let's try this again. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. Barbell Medicine YouTube channel or our iTunes. Please leave us a review if you're over on iTunes. It'd be super, super helpful. Get us to the top of the chart so that way people can get exposed to this stuff. If you're on YouTube, leave us a comment. Hit like if you did the video. Alan can be reached. If you want to go to Untamed Strength Gym, you check that out. UntamedStrength at gmail.com. If you want to inquire about his awesome coaching services, from what I hear, he helped Joey Satsmarie hit the 200-pound deadlift PR and almost put 100 pounds on a squat. That's pretty good. Send us an email, info at barbellmedicine.com. You know how to follow Austin and I. Check out for seminars this spring. Several are on the calendar. That's right. We'll leave the link. Leave the link in the description. Say bye, guys.
Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.